Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am good. How are you doing tonight? I am uh, good. I'm a little tired. I'm worn out from uh, the open weekend, like everyone else, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel okay about it. You know, I survived. I have made it through week one relatively uninjured for the most part, <laughs> and uh, and so I think I'm good. I'm good to go. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I didn't, I was going to retest it. I didn't end up retesting it, which is totally fine. I used to be like a religious retester. And then obviously ever since my, my pregnant open last year, I've been kind of just taking things in stride. So, um, yeah, it was, it went well and I'm glad that it's over and I'm glad that there's only two more coming. And I feel like I might be a newly adopted one and dunner, but that's good. That's progress. That's growth. That is progress. <laughs> for so I, me. I made all yeah. the rookie mistakes in this one. I, uh, I, t- I forgot to tape my thumbs. So now I have the stigmata on my thumbs from the dumbbells, <laughs> which is just horrible. And um, what's worse is I don't listen to my own advice. Like I'm one of those, like I had it all worked out in my head. How I was going to break this down. And I'm like 30 seconds into the workout going, fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. And just nice. went as hard as I could for 15 minutes. And it really hurt. <laughs> It really Over hurt. a decade into CrossFit and have not learned from his own mistakes yet. I know. Well, I know. And I had it all planned out too. I even ran through it one time, like I would planned out and I don't listen to myself. So I don't know what makes my coaches think I'm going to listen to them. So it is what it is. Well, uh, this is an exciting show brought to us tonight by two food. Cause we have a two food athlete with us and OG, and I, you know, I love having OGs on here, uh, more than anything on the world. Sam Briggs, Sam, how are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Any time. Nick, you have this long standing thing. Like I get, I've been CrossFitting for so long now. Anytime we get someone that's been in the sport for a while, I get real geeky. So I apologize up front if uh, I get too fangirly, but I can't help it. Like I grew up with you guys. This is, you know, and I'm an old dude. So it's good stuff. It's all good. I don't mind at all. <laughs> all right. Good. And you probably got your puppy with you. What's the, I forget the puppy's name. Yeah. So the big one was laying next to me. He's Groot. And the little one did like pop his head in. Uh, I had a call before you and he spent the whole entire time chewing my arm off. Like, so I think, I think he's got bored of my arm and he's gone somewhere else. So. Nikki's dogs like to make appearance on here, but they just are heavy breathers. So you can't really see them. All you can just hear is them panning. And it sounds like you're getting like an obscene phone call. It's the best. Yeah. It's like super awkward. And you can't like, cause I have the fake background up because this bed behind me is just a mess and covered in laundry 24 seven. So you can't even see them. If you watch this on YouTube, it's just awkward. Cause it's just me alone in the room. And all you hear behind me is like, <laughs> really? it's not, not cool. They have zero chill. <laughs> They're the best. They so Sam, are. how's uh how's the open going for you so far? Have you yeah, tested, I'm retested? You. No, I'm same as you, one and done. Uh so uh, with them now making the announcement a little bit earlier on the Thursday, um we literally as soon as they as soon as Tia read it, warmed up the movements and um like just went nothing, kind of just do. Uh, which is a little bit different. Normally it would be kind of like Friday morning. I'd watch the open announcement. I'd watch the other athletes do it. I'd analyze kind of like what they'd done, where, where 
what do I need to do? What pace do I need to do? So it's definitely a little bit different, but uh, just kind of wanted that little kind of like change of pace and just that challenge of, okay, let's see, let's see what I can do just doing the workout and then not stressing about it. And then I get like a full training day on Friday instead of like losing half a, a day to, to the open. Was that the plan going in or did you, were you kind of like, eh, man, if I hit this and it doesn't feel right, I'll redo it. Or were you kind of like, no, no, this is, is going to be a one and done season. No, definitely one and done. Um, I think like with the changes to the open and uh, like 10% going through to quarterfinals is kind of a, a nicer way to do the open. There's There's not as much pressure to kind of like, do as well it's kind of like this is kind of like the warm-up to quarterfinals I mean obviously if I had a complete disaster and something went like terribly wrong then of course I'm going to redo because I obviously want to get through to the to the next stage but barring that it's just a, a one and done Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's nice to see the qualification process grow. I mean, this is clearly just from a spectator's point of view, but like, you know, in the past, there have been direct gateways to the games from online competitions. There have been all sorts of different semifinals and quarterfinals and sanctionals and back to regionals. And and I just, I like the evolution of getting to a point where we're kind of like sifting, right? Like there's all the athletes and then there's like the top quarter athletes. And then there's like the best of the best of those athletes. And then it just is really this like narrowing and narrowing. I I feel like it's a good way to incorporate different aspects of the tests at different times, you know, and every year something different, like not seeing rebounding box jumps is a perfect example. Like, you know, that's, that's for the everyday person. We're saving Achilles all over the world because yeah. everyone in the world participates in this section. If we see box jumps again, or box jump overs in quarterfinals or at a, a sanctioned event, like or semifinal now, sorry, I bet you anything they'll allow rebounding because we've sifted yeah. down to the top athletes. Yeah, no, for sure. I think like that decision, um, a lot of the times in the open, people get carried away. It's Friday night lights at the, the gym and people who shouldn't be rebounding box jumps do. And that's when like injuries, in, injuries occur. So that, that kind of put uh, a break on that. And you would think that in the next stage, like say there was box jumps again, even just, just that stage into quarterfinals, uh, there probably wouldn't be that specification it would be get it done as fast as you can that can i just tell you that threw a huge wrench into matt's open my husband's open yeah like the not rebounding box jumps totally fucked him over (laughs) completely like the opposite of what it's supposed to do where it's supposed to make it like a little bit easier on you he just was like I don't, my body doesn't know how to not rebound. And for a super tall guy, he just had a lot going for him in CrossFit, like rowing, wall balls, rebounding box jumps. These are things he can do. And so I watched him like a, like a baby giraffe trying to figure out how to get his legs off the box and get, it was like the most awkward. When you see, when you see those with the like shorter legs that just jump into a squat on the box and just like step off, it's like, uh, that's not for me either. I'm like, Mm -mm. 
my legs are too long and my knees are too old to do, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> he tried. I just watched him like his legs are like everywhere. It was yeah. just, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so he'll never know that I shit on him. When, but I'm yeah, going to text him later and him. tell him. You probably uh, should tell him to listen to the show. I know. I I enjoyed the stuff. I mean, I don't rebound. And at my age, I have long legs too. So it was a weird movement for me, but I kept trying to do what the elite athletes do, which is step off with the opposite foot each time. And I just ended up just going in a little circle, you know, just the whole way until I'm finally getting dizzy. I'm like, this sucks. I don't like this. Not fun. Mm -hmm. Well, Sam, is this like a, like a, different vibe overall mentally going into this open just with the whole retirement situation happening and knowing that it's your last real competitive season in that respect is there a different I don't know just like a different overall feel um I suppose there's a lot of kind of like emotions um it definitely feels kind of like the right time um Hmm. but then I'm still super competitive anyway and I'm like (laughs) trying to give it my all and then um and then I've been struggling a little bit with a knee injury so then it's like trying to like rein things in to hopefully be able to push more for like the the quarterfinals and kind of like when it counts and that's also hard because then you like you're training and it's like I want to push I want to like there's things that I know that I should be doing that right now I can't be doing. It. It's like there's a, a constant battle going on. Um, but I'm just trying to like take each each like week as it comes and just like I said, that's why we did it as soon as they announced it. Try and have fun with the open, try not to like stress. This is gonna be my last year um like competitively. So why not make it fun? However far I can make it in the season, make sure that I'm enjoying that stage of the season. Yeah. When you say it felt like the right time, what what sort of context in your life or in your career or all of the above? Just that when I like announced it, it had already been always been kind of like said, oh yeah, I'll do it till I'm 40, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like joking. <laughs> but then like, just that final like saying it is like it felt right it didn't feel like oh I've got regrets already I've just said that it was like no I'm actually like it feels like the right time the right time to be looking to do something else the right time to kind of like be 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 moving on do you know what that something else is going to be yet like how do you fill your time when you've been just I don't know getting so fit for so long Oh, well, all things like going right, I'll be starting the fire academy um, in August. So I have to go back, right back to the beginning, (laughs) Uh, which is definitely going to be weird. Uh, I've already started like studying. I have some exams to do uh, like before um, the academy and stuff. So getting my brain back into like study mode and um that sort of thing. So it's going to be like a huge, a huge change. Um, it was 2004 uh, when I was a recruit firefighter back in the UK. So it's it's been a it's been a while. <laughs> wow, you don't get credits that carry over, like when you transfer colleges or something. There's nothing on your record that says you don't have to take whatever class again. 
Um, well, I think as well, like there's obviously differences between the UK and over here, but the biggest thing is just that I've been out of it for, for so long that like, I, I definitely wouldn't feel safe just picking it right up anyway. So I'm like, I'm right. kind of glad that they're, they're making me go back. It's like, okay, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, so help me God, if you don't change your nickname from the engine to the fire engine, I'm going to be really disappointed <laughs> in you. Really disappointed. I, I never even thought that. Everybody used to just call me Fireman Sam. Mm. Oh. It's fire engine now. <laughs> So let it be written. Okay, the fire engine. Okay, I can I can dig that. You kind of caught me off guard with the whole uh, fire academy thing, and it's just really amazing to me. I, I'm in my mind, I'm wondering, you know, you're not the first CrossFitter I've seen do this, and I, you know, what what's inspired you to? I mean, I just say it, want to save lives. I mean, such a such a tough career and and a different move from CrossFit. Um, I think like if it hadn't been for CrossFit, I definitely think I'd still be in the fire service anyway. Um, it was something that I was very passionate about and very proud to, to like be a part of. Um, and so probably the last, like maybe the last year, two years, it was kind of, uh, on the back of my mind, just kind of like when I retire, what do I want to do? And the fire service was always kind of in the back there, but I just didn't know if it would be uh, possible to do like over here and possible to like go back, um, obviously now that um just about to turn 40. So I kind of kept dismissing it. Um, and then it was probably just uh, about a month ago. Um, I just thought, right, rather than just, dismissing it why don't I go and find out if I can and so I was speaking to some people and they're like yes it's the perfect time we're really short staff now they're like I've already been kind of had like two preliminary like job offers that as long as I pass out a fire academy there's uh like a job waiting for me uh two areas like close to close to where I'm living now so it's just really exciting. And there was part of me, there was a course that started in April and there was part of me that was like, should I just do that? Should I just go for it now? Um, but then I had to, I kind of reined that back in. I was like, I would always then be like, what if we always said that I would have like one more push when I was 40. So uh, luckily there's uh, another course Um that starts in August. So it would be like perfect timing. I was just talking to a friend of mine that um, is with uh, New York uh, PD CrossFit and they just did a competition with the fire department in New York city. Yeah. And, I saw you know, that. Yeah. We were going back and forth and now I'm wondering like what would go on in his mind if they get ready for the competition and Sam freaking Briggs shows up to the CrossFit competition, like so unfair for him. Sweep. I know. Right. And, and spoiler, the fire department won. So there you go. Do you think that, Sam, do you think that when you, I mean, obviously the fire academy is going to take up a lot of time and you got to get back in the swing of things, but do you foresee yourself kind of staying involved somehow in the community or I don't know, maybe just doing the open for fun, doing team comps, whatever else is out there? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, obviously, uh, like the 2023 season, will look very different because I'll be in the fire academy uh, from August till December. 
So training will be very limited. It'll be like most likely only on a weekend. Um, so that's not exactly ideal, like training going going in for the 2023 season. But then once I'm back uh, on station, like I love CrossFit. I'm still going to like train CrossFit. Uh, and I love like training at the gym. There's a good group of us that train there. So I'll definitely like be going back training. Uh, things will just look a little bit different. Like my main... Uh, my main interest will be like progressing through the fire service, uh, and then the the fitness fitnessing on the on the side. But I'd still like to do like some fun competitions, and um, like I've been helping a athlete in the gym um, come through, and so maybe maybe you'll see me at competitions, like coaching a couple of athletes. I just never wanted to progress from competing into coaching full-time that kind of never really like appealed to me um doing it to as like on the side um then yes like that does appeal to me because I still do have an interest in in CrossFit um but definitely the fire service got me more excited than than just coaching well you've been in the sport for so long and and as a kind of brand new professional sport, you have been literally experiencing every change, every growth, every growing pain along the way. It hasn't all been easy. How, when you look back at all of your experiences in the competitive side of this, how do you see your like legacy kind of that you're leaving? How have you helped grow the sport from the first time that you stepped into a, a box to, you know, retiring really as one of the most experienced athletes out there? Oh, I think like, obviously when I started, uh, my first games was in 2010 and CrossFit in the, the UK was obviously very much in its infancy, infancy. Um, but I think obviously then winning it in 2013 brought a lot of attention to CrossFit in the UK. And I hope it like inspired other athletes in the UK to be like, oh, it's not just the Americans that can like do this. It's like, okay, we've got a chance. If I train hard, if I like push it, um, and I know that was one of the things like when I speak with uh, Emma McQuaid, it's like when she first found CrossFit, it was, I think, 2012. So she saw me win the games in 2013. I was like, oh, okay. If I work hard and I push, then this is possible for me. And it's like been awesome to see and knowing Emma from then and seeing how she's progressed to like where she is now, it's like this is going to be a really exciting year for her. And it's it's awesome to see like that progression from athletes that I've seen like come up as well from, from the UK and Ireland. That's cool. Yeah, I love seeing it expand to, to other parts of the world and also just like become so normal, become so popular, become so very much like a standard word as opposed to... Yeah, when you first started, when John and I first started, you said CrossFit and people were still like, huh? They're like, what? What's what? What was that? What's that thing you do? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. You got some cool cross trainers on? Is that what you're talking about? Like, no, just don't. It's kind of gymnastics, you know, whatever, forget it. (laughs) It's always been interesting to me how the 
particularly on the women's side. I know Tia has kind of dominated the last few years, but it feels like the European women have have long had a grasp on, um, you know, just kind of this top podium spots for a long time. Any insight as to why the European female athletes tend to do better than, you know, say the American? You just build different over there, man. Well, maybe I, I had this big discussion <laughs> with my daughter the other night, like we were talking about sports and like in some parts of the world, I give an example, professional uh, NFL football or college football. You see a lot of really fast wide receivers come out of the South because it's always hot. And so they're outside, you know, they're normally track stars. So they get a run year round. Whereas people that live here in the North, like me, we're inside in the winter, you know? And so I've, I've never mm. been able to wrap my brain around why like Iceland and the UK have just still, you know, hold those top spots considering they don't have like a weather advantage to be outside over, you know, a country the size of the U S and then, you know, you've got Tia who, you know, is, you know, from Australia with, you know, her dominance has just been a really interesting dynamic to me. I don't, I can't figure out for the life of me why. Uh, I think like one of the things is probably uh, that's forged is like the word com- that comes to mind is grit. It's like uh, we have no heating in our gyms and the gym, like where I was training uh, in Manchester was nicknamed the icebox. It was freezing um, but if you want to make it to the games, you have to train. So you're in that gym from 9am until 6pm, like freezing, but you get the work done and it kind of maybe hardens you. And if you think about the Icelandics, the cold weather that they have, if they want to be successful, they have to like train through the cold weather. They have to, it's less than ideal situations. And it builds that kind of like hardening of them to, endure discomfort and everything in CrossFit is about enduring that discomfort. That's really interesting. I'm going to turn off my heat from now on when I'm working. <laughs> I'm I, softened I, up. Now, now that I'm over here and we have heating in the gym, I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't, <laughs> I can't train in the cold. Yeah, how no, me either. Like that's a stick of fork in me. I'm never going to be a freaking oh. competitive athlete. Cause yeah. I like to be warm. Like I have a blanket on. I like to oh, couldn't do oh. it. I always want it warm. How, how have you acclimated? I mean, I consider you're still in Cincinnati, right? You're, yeah. Yeah. So I consider that the South. I know everyone else listening is like, oh, it's the Midwest. But for those of us in Cleveland, yeah. Cincinnati's basically Kentucky. So uh, how have you acclimated to it? I know it's, it's obviously a big change from from your part of the world. Uh, yeah. Like the biggest the biggest thing that's really nice is that in winter when it's cold, there's heat on in the gym. So uh, I think that's, that's definitely a, a bonus here. Um but everything else is like pretty similar to kind of uh, how how I had everything in the UK. Um, we get snow here. We get snow in the UK. It gets nice here in summer. It occasionally gets nice in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. No way. <laughs> we have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one. There's that one day in July where things are kind of, you know, pretty. There's like a couple of clouds called a day. Cincinnati's a nice little town. I mean, Ohio is kind of weird because it's all cornfields and basically three big cities, Cincinnati being, mm. you know, kind of one of the big three. But it's a nice little town, you know, and they've, you know, got good sports teams and there's plenty to do. But but it, it does kind of have like a like a southern feel to it a little bit like Kentucky, 
you know. So, really? Yeah, Man, little, I've woefully misinformed in that respect. Well, and you no get idea. plenty of Southern accents, so that's always fun. That's that's how you know it's the South. You just judge by how many Southern accents you run into every day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. My dog's just throwing a paddy because there's no blanket on the couch for him. He's just going in circles, <gasps> pouring at it because he wants a cover on him. And I'm like, there's, there's no cover there. I can't, I can't cover you up. And he's just looking at me like, this is miserable. <laughs> this is bullshit. Bring me a blanket, mom. Yeah, get that baby a blanket. <laughs> he's See, that's what I'm, He's just like me. See, uh, like, he, like blankets, like, like being warm. So in winter, if it's cold or rainy, he has to have a coat on. And <laughs> or what? Like he like doesn't want to go outside? No, he looks at you or you get halfway around the walk and he'll start shaking and he'll look at you like, Aww. I don't want to be out. So he has to have a, he's like so soft. And there has been times where he's like looking at me because if I put a coat on, he looks at me like, oh, where's my coat? So there's been <laughs> times where the coat hasn't been put back in the cupboard. And so I've had to take him for a walk in like a shark outfit or a, a spider when it was snowing, oh uh, when it was snowing the other month, we had like this giant spider going around the street. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God, I'm dead. I would lose my shit if I saw you coming around the corner with like shark dog or spider dog <laughs> just because it was raining outside. Oh my God. The Amazing. little one, the little one doesn't bother. He's just like, let's go. I'm ready for an adventure. Just hyper and it, it's just the older one like he's just like he's such a big softie but when the when I the UPS that. guy comes he turns into a different beast <laughs> well, I mean can't please them all truly probably no. the UPS guy's fault just saying how, how spoiled are these dogs are you the quintessential dog mom they have all the toys oh yeah they're like spot all the time like he thinks every time we come in with a bag he thinks there's going to be something in it for him and then and then he's looking at you like uh where's where's my present <laughs> okay but like honestly how many times is there something for him typically like most a of the of, time a lot of the <laughs> yeah. time yeah you <laughs> get okay. it's a learned behavior i fully support that truly um, so I want to know, I mean, this is, I, I'm sure that you've gotten this question a million times. This is, this is a two-part question, okay? I would love to know, looking back on kind of just everything you've been through in the CrossFit world in the last however many years since your first stepping into a box, like not necessarily competition specific, but is there a favorite moment that you've had when you've been training or out on the floor? That's I'm going to leave it there. That's part one. Favorite moment, like in actually training to be competitive in this sport you see like different memories are coming and like one that springs to mind was kind of just after uh i won the games and we got invited out to a competition uh in australia and just kind of being uh we were doing a training day in one of the gyms and just the welcoming and it was kind of like the first big experience of kind of like being known then for mm-hmm. CrossFit um, and everybody wanted like autographs. There was me and uh, Selena Fortunato there and it was the first like everybody was like bringing something to sign and this one person 
took off their leg for me to sign and I signed a prosthetic no. leg. <laughs> no way. Are you kidding me? That's like out like, of a movie. <laughs> it's like one of those memories that kind of like sticks in your mind. And I was like, does this mean I've made it now? I mean, like I've like signed, I have signed somebody's like prosthetic leg now. <laughs> Yes, I think that yep. means you made it. Are yep. you kidding me? One time someone at games asked me to sign their shirt and I was like, I think I'm going to ruin your shirt because like I'm actually not a big deal. I fully think that signing a leg means that you're peaked 100%. It's just one of those kind of like kind of like quirky moments that kind of like sticks with you. That's awesome. Okay, let me ask part 2 then. Outside of like competition or training or whatever, I know that as the sport has grown, you've had a chance to travel more, meet more people, get close to different athletes. And I'm, I would love to know if there's like a behind the scenes time that was your favorite. Like, is there a warm up area memory that you have, or like a going out for dinner after a competition with your friends memory that you have, like looking back on it, what, what sort of sticks out in your mind in that respect? I think like a lot of the like warm up area and stuff like before competition, um, I like to have fun. So I tend to like stick around like other athletes that don't mind me cracking jokes and will laugh at my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they're always good. Um, After competition, I suppose it would have to go back to the European regional days um, back in Copenhagen because mm-hmm. Europeans know how to party. The I believe, I think it was 2012, um, the after parties actually used to, like the CrossFit Games used to put a tab behind the bar. And Europe was oh. the first week and blew the budget for the whole entire regionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. So all the other after parties, the athletes got a one drink voucher instead of a free bar. <laughs> Congratulations. Here's your ticket. <laughs> I just remember some like really good, really good times. Like um, obviously a lot of the Europeans like qualifying for the games for the first time, like the teams getting there. Um, there was just always a really good kind of party vibe afterwards um so copenhagen uh definitely has some very hazy memories but good memories <laughs> that's awesome so fun yeah i think my my all-time favorite after party ever was berlin uh in 2018 for sure just because like in europe everyone dances all the time. And I like, you can't keep me off a dance floor. So I'm like, even if I'm the only one, I'm just like the awkward only one. You're like on the side looking at her like, oh no, what is she doing? So that, that always like was so much fun having everyone out. And there's like different rooms with different types of music and everyone's yeah. just grooving. That's for sure. Yeah. Europe, Europe find, throws a party. Yeah, They always find like a good venue. Uh, I mean, the ones in Madrid uh, were equally as, uh, equally as lively um i think just the ones obviously in copenhagen i was also younger <laughs> and like <laughs> able to tolerate a little bit more <laughs> so i think those definitely seem a little bit wilder because 
I think uh, at the time as well, a lot of the other athletes were were younger and the experience of uh, qualifying for the Games meant drinking bottles after bottles of vodka, courtesy of CrossFit. <laughs> yes, please. I, I uh, promote return back to those days. It sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'd sign up for you that. You can't hang, but I would try. Oh, I like I have no <laughs> chance now. Like, uh, no. Just the thought of the next day, like <laughs> the next two, three days. I don't know what happens after you turn like 30, maybe even like 28, but something happens where like the three-day hangover is real now. It's yeah. like I don't feel normal for days and days. It sucks. When you get my age, it comes back though, Nikki, because you become a real pro at it. And so then eventually you get good at drinking again. Yeah, it's great. You have that really? to look forward to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Of course. Excellent. Wait till Excellent. your kid's old enough to pour you drinks. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. Total game changer. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like I'm like going to spend so long as a lightweight not getting my reps in. that I'm going to need to build my way back someday. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you become a pro again. Absolutely. Hey, we need to talk about our mid-show sponsor who was nice enough to introduce us to Sam. And I thought of them this week, Nikki, because you posted that awesome picture of you with the 35-pound dumbbell doing the workout. And you had your two-pood belt on. And I've, every time yes. I see you in it. Heavy-ass dumbbell for your girl. Come uh, on. Well, I needed hey. to belt up for that shit. No, every time I see you in one of those belts, it just reminds me of meeting you because that's how we met. And so I just thought it was funny. So I, I like the picture and I'm excited that they were sponsoring and brought us all together for this. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm very happy to be working with two food. They have been, um, an awesome sponsor to have on the show because John and I have been fans of their products for so long. We've been talking about them on the show unsponsored for so long. That's our first mistake. I don't know why I did that. Um, but truly, like I, I know I've said it before, I'll say it again. That is my, my weightlifting belt is my absolute favorite accessory, not just because it's gold and sparkly and because I've had it forever, but because it makes me feel safe and secure and I want to wear it for everything, even just like a walk around the block. Um, and so far, I saved my butt in the open because that was a really heavy dumbbell for me. So it was really nice to be able to, to kind of wrap, wrap my belt on get wrapped in love and take on uh 22.1. Uh, Sam, you're a two pood athlete. What is your favorite accessory that you use from them? So, um, my story was pretty similar to yours. I was wearing their belts anyway. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, Oh, you want to be a two pood athlete? I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so actually excitingly coming out soon is my very own belt. <gasps> What? So that will be my favorite accessory. <laughs> yeah. What's the design going to be? It's uh, based on my tattoos. Uh, and I would show you, but it's downstairs in the garage. I was like, is it close by? And I was like, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Darn. Pretty. Uh, uh, based on my tattoos. Uh, and then there's a really cool kind of like bluey purple like uh design on it uh which is very different to anything that they've got out there now so hopefully people will like it uh when they came we were discussing the idea for the belt and it's like i love tattoo art so it kind of like made sense that we would base it on my three main uh tattoos and I was super happy with like the design and then they put the color on the background and I was like, yes, that yes. Like, is 
Perfect. You know, I'm That's awesome. Sure... Do you know when when ish it's coming out? Uh, well, I got the bell uh, last Monday, um, like to approve the prototype. Uh, so they have the approval, and I think they're going into production. They were going into production last week, so hopefully, hopefully soon. I, I'm pretty sure they made a belt for Winston the corgi, Jacob Hepner's dog. So I think yeah, you need to did. make a second mm-hmm. belt with your dogs on it. I think that would be awesome too. Why not? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still he's still not my friend because he's not got a blanket on. Oh, so he's, he's not even looking at me now. Ten out of ten, I would buy a belt with your dog, but in the shark or the spider outfit. Hundred percent. That is every my time. next belt purchase. Yeah, every time. Well, um, well, so I'm glad that I'm glad that they're a sponsor. I'm glad that they're kind of like supporting you and all the other athletes on the roster. There, it's really great to see. If you want to go out and get yourself a brand new Sam Briggs two pood belt when they launch you should definitely use our code kb and cocktails 15 the whole word and kb and c-o-c-k-t-a-i-l-s 15 um to save 15 percent. and i will also just throw out real quick that um any single time i post anything on instagram with my black sparkly knee sleeves a million zillion people ask where they're from they're also from two pood so you should go and get those so i want to i want to hear more about this alcohol in copenhagen what the, what the games <laughs> what the games athletes i'm just like i'm trying to wrap my mind around this because it's such a crossfit thing i can just see great you know in those days it have been greg and the team and they're probably sitting around going oh yeah you know like all these crossfitters they don't drink much because they're athletes and they're thinking of froning and these guys that are kind of religious and they probably don't <laughs> drink very much you know and the first events in europe and i would just would love to see the face on glassman when they get the first bill and see what it is they were there at the party were they yeah I saw it in real time. That's awesome. That is that is so good. It started off like everybody was. Um, they had like the, I remember they had the drinks like a drink menu that you could get, and uh, so you could go and get your mule or whatever. So it started off very much like people just going and they're getting like the two drinks, and then I remember at one point that people were taking it in turns and going to the bar. So you were actually always having two drinks in your hand. So you'd have to down one because then there was another one coming in. And then it got to the stage where people uh, were going behind the bar and just grabbing the bottles of vodka. And the staff were like, oh, you can't do that. And they were like, it's free bar. We can't. <laughs> and they were just <laughs> taking the bottle. And everybody was just then swigging out of the bottle. So the bar like they like completely ran out of alcohol. This is the best story ever. Mostly for all the people complaining about the monster sponsorships right now. We just need to play this clip for them. This is how the health company started, people. This is exactly how it started. Well, in fairness, the athletes are so regimented leading up to competition that like well, that's why the after party why they go so wild. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's like they've been caged for like 12 months and then they've been released for one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. That's why the after parties have always been like my favorite part of going to events. And back in the day, regionals after parties were just the bomb. It was so much fun because everyone let so loose and they had been so regimented for so long. It was like they deserve to like, just, I don't know, drink an entire bottle of vodka from behind the bar, do whatever, do whatever you want. 
Um, because probably training restarts in like 48 hours. So you got to get your, <laughs> get your partying in and then let's we'll see you, you at the gym on Monday. And then you need the, the 72. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those old CrossFitters, the over, the over 28 old people, oh my myself God. included, Lord help us. Oh I, I know the first after the, the first after party I went to would have been my first games. And that was my first experience of seeing athletes like just acting like quote unquote normal people, you know, and it was the same thing. It's like at the end of the party, everybody been drinking like crazy. And I, you know, I'm like the new guy on the block. I didn't know anybody really at the time. And I just look up and there's Alex Smith, like on a stage, almost butt ass naked, like literally no shirt, <laughs> tiny little shorts twerking. Like he's just so like his usual that. outfit. Yeah. Kind of his usual outfit, but everyone else was fully dressed. It was really, it was really awkward. Just totally hammered, you know? And I love Alec. It was absolutely the best. I was like, I love seeing all these elite athletes that spend all this time destroying their bodies, you know, destroying it in a different way, having fun. It was good. And now I want to go to Copenhagen. I know. I know. I think what's fun about, about that is kind of like what you said, John, about those, those moments where you see athletes and you're like, Oh, they're just like us. Like, because (laughs) Sam, you and company, these elite athletes, you guys just, I don't know. You seem superhuman, truly. Because we're all out there in the gym and CrossFit's really unique in that way where we're all tackling the same thing. Like, I don't really understand what like a pro football player is going through or what like, a you know, when an Olympic gymnast is going through, like we don't go out and practice that stuff every day. But for CrossFit, I'm like, I actually do do friends. So I have some semblance of what's going on. So I feel like the elite athletes are just totally on this another level where we, you're not human. You must be part cyborgs. I don't understand how you perform and recover the way that you do. And when we see you guys be just like us, like have a day or go to dinner, party, drink an entire bottle of vodka, whatever. (laughs) It's this reminder that you're like one of us, like we're all part of the same community. What I've always loved, especially in the times I've had a chance to interview you, like after event wins or after competition wins is to me, you've always been really real, like really down to earth and really honest about like, if I'm like, Hey, how was, you know, this event or how was training for this? Your answers have always been like, Oh yeah. I was like, nervous about this going forward. Or like, I knew that this was my weakness, but this was my strength. So I was going to have to do damage control over here or Excel over here. And I think sometimes that's lost in this sort of like, I'm a professional athlete. I need to do the thing. And my, and my very Bill Belichick answers. And I've always really loved that you've felt super down to earth in that respect and super like one of us, but still on the elite level. And I guess I would love to know from you, like, how have you felt that you've connected to the the fans and the people who watch you on TV and the people who see you in the gym and the people who like take off their legs for you to sign them. Like, do you feel that, that type of connection with them? Cause I, I certainly feel it with you. I think I've like always tried to be like that. I mean, obviously um, when I like first started CrossFit and like get into the games, I didn't feel like, I was an elite athlete or anything. It was just kind of, I was doing CrossFit because I thought it was cool and I enjoyed doing it. And then I got to the games and then, and then it was like, wow, this is, this is crazy cool. I want to keep doing this. I want to keep coming back here. Um, so I think when I started, obviously 
I was down to earth because I was just the normal person in in the gym. It'd be just a little bit fitter than most of the other people. So I like qualified for the games. Um, and so I've always tried to like, just kind of like stay like that. Um, I tried to like do it on like through my Instagram and stuff as well. Um, I've, I've never taken a sponsorship if it's not something that like I believe in. Um, I don't try and push anything on Instagram if it's not something that I actually like use or I like feel benefits me. I try to be honest when asked questions after workouts or in competition, because I think there's somebody else at home working hard in the gym who, who was me back in 2010. And if they see that I still feel these ways or I still do this, then hopefully that keeps their dream alive and keeps them working that maybe one day it can be them. How do you feel about toe spacer? Do you use those for recovery? Look how much I can There you go. No. That's impressive. I've got a good yeah. toe spread. We're going to screenshot that and then sell it and make like a lot of money. Like a lot. There's people out here who are paying the big bucks for all the toast spreading. (laughs) What uh, I'd be curious. I think the one thing that's been really interesting about watching your journey, uh, Sam, is just your, your longevity in the sport and, and how you've been able to maintain a high level of competitiveness over that time. I think often there seems to be a drop-off for athletes and for you, there hasn't, you know, been that same kind of drop-off. If you were going to give advice to masters athletes or people as they're progressing through CrossFit that are doing really hard things, like how have you been able to do that? Like what's the, what's the secret sauce? John wants to know for himself. Yes, mostly for me. That's why he's asking. Yeah, yeah, mostly for me. I think you have to learn to adapt uh, and like evolve. Like training now looks completely different to just training a year ago. Um, like as you get older, just like mentally, I still feel like um, 19, the same age as <laughs> Maggie, who I train with it's really hard for me to think, Oh my God, I'm actually like turning 40, but like physically, like the recovery is so much harder, just how much you can push your body in one day. Like it changes over time. And even though mentally I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I can still do this. It's like, you have to, you have to be willing to accept that things need to change and you can evolve with it. And the athlete that you are today you can't compare with the athlete that you was five years ago. It kind of like resets every year. (laughs) So you have to set new goals, new, new challenges. Well, I'm definitely not the athlete I was five years ago. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing at this, at this stage of the game. That's for sure. How is, uh, how is training with a 19 year old? I, so I know Matt, we had, I had Maggie on the show during the games and she's unbelievably mature for her age and take it for someone who has a 19 year old daughter. That's not always the case. Um, how is it training with a 19 year old? Yeah. So like maybe she's the one turning 40 and I can turn 20. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like she's awesome. Um, always really positive. She comes into the gym, never complains, just kind of like looks at what the training is for the day, gets on with it. 
uh, even if it's something that's uh, not her strength, it's never, oh, we're doing this again. It's like, okay, this is a chance for me to get better at this. Let's do it kind of attitude. Um, so she's the perfect like person to kind of train with. Yeah, she's a, she's a fun one. Um, I've, I mean, I talk to her on a pretty regular basis, her and her mom at this point, and I always forget how young she is. Like she's so mature about the sport and thinking about what's next for her. And I, I suspect most of that comes from your influence for whatever that's worth. I mean, she doesn't, you know, verbalize it one way or another, but she has such a mature way about her. I'm like, somebody's teaching her this and I'm not sure she's learning this at home. No offense to her mom. Like, <laughs> you know, she's figuring out how to manage the sport. And so, you know, I just always appreciate when, you know, athletes that have experience are passing along that wisdom because it's, this is a hard sport to grow up in. He's, you know, we've all seen it. I feel like, I feel like all these kids are 12 year olds now, Yeah, you know, on the leaderboard. It's, it's crazy. No, definitely. It's, it's awesome to like see. Um, but at the same time, you look at it and you're like, wow. It's like another year, two years, and you're not going to see any of the like old names again. It's going to be a whole new breed kind of like uh, up there. But no, it's cool. She's she's really hardworking. Um, if anything, it's just kind of like um, like keeping the reins on just so that she doesn't try and do kind of like too much in for the long haul, not just kind of go all in one year and be broken. Uh, ideally, I'd like to see her progress. She got to the semifinals last year. So I think the aim is definitely semifinals again, again this year. Uh, and like all, all the um, numbers, uh, gymnastics and everything is all progressing uh, nicely. So, uh, hopefully the plan would be get her to the games in the next couple of years. I think your advice for, you know, longevity applies for these teen athletes. Like at least the ones I talk to feel like they're immortal. Like they, they think they're unbreakable and they're, they're not, you know, I mean, they, you know, you see the, you know, Emma Carey's and, and, you know, those of the world that, you know, are top of the leaderboard and, you know, these kids just think that they can do this, forever and and just go balls to the wall 24 7 and it's nice to hear that you know you're giving advice otherwise and helping them understand they've got a, a longer view of the picture that they need to be looking at here that's kind of the it's a discussion that we did have uh back in the past where she was kind of like oh am i doing enough do i need to be doing x y and z and i was like like talking it's like do you want to make it to the games once and then with the possibility of like being burnt out and run down or would you rather it take uh, a little bit longer but then you're at the games for multiple years and it's like definitely more of the <laughs> I want I want I want a career out of it not just a a one-hit wonder yeah that's huge. That's a really big deal because the reality is, like John said, they probably could go boss to the wall for the next couple of years and be totally fine. And we only know that looking back on it because we've lived it and can't try to convince a teenager that they're not immortal. It's impossible. Yeah. But framing it in the sense of longevity or in the sense of like, you know, how fast you want to like supernova and then burn out like it's it's not an option to go boss to the wall for a decade. It's really yeah. not like a, yeah. a, a teenager's concept of time 
I know. It's so different. Like, you know, they look at it like these 19 year olds look at it and they think, oh, so I'll be competing when I'm 29. That's like forever from now. And 10 years just, you know, you snap your fingers and it's gone. You know, I know. Listen to the three of us old people on this podcast being like, kids (laughs) these days, they don't know about time. They're going to get burnt out and tired. Like, I'm tired. (laughs) I know. It's true, though. It is true, though. Come to investigate now. Yeah, there's oh, the babies. Hi, buddy. There's the babies. Had his ball and his little toy ready to go. Well, see, I'm I'm a cat dad, Sam, and it's a terrible life. So you chose wisely and got dogs. Cats are not the way to go. He just attacks me for no reason. He's right here next to me, being a jerk. <laughs> Swear to God, he attacked me today, Nikki. I like walked into my bedroom for the pure gall of walking into my own bedroom and he just attacked me for no reason the audacity the audacity of you of to it. walk into that bedroom walk into my own bedroom and he gave one of those typical cat what things are you thinking? where the little paws are down and the butt's in the air and the butt starts wiggling you know it's coming like it was really cute yeah. right before he jumped on me yeah my mom's cat um so she has three and um it doesn't like the other cats. So it sits by the cat flap. So and waits for the other cats to attempt to come in the house and then it attacks the heads. <laughs> oh my God, that's so aggressive. But it's quite funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do the whole cat thing. I truly couldn't. Unless it was like a super friendly, cuddly cat, then I could get on board with that. But it's like having another human in the house. So so you know, where dogs are just so happy to be with you and follow you around you just don't know what you're getting yourself into every day every day is an adventure it's just a weird thing yeah i'm i can't i'm up to my eyeballs in adventure right now in terms of like (laughs) other humans in this house so i'm all set (laughs) well sam thank you for joining us uh again it's unbelievable honor to have you on the show like we've been watching you you know through the sport over the last decade just you know, dominate it in so many different ways, not to mention winning the games. And, uh, you know, for those of us that have been watching from the sidelines, it's been a real pleasure for sure. John, you did a good job, not fangirling too, too hard tonight. Yeah. I'm I'm getting used to it, I guess. (laughs) Hey, it's hard, man. Like, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of the, you were talking about all these kids these days, but a lot of them coming up, like they've known nothing but live streaming and, and, you see every little nuance and everyone's on Instagram doing whatever. And those of us that started a decade ago, you know, remember like you'd logging in to see who won an event and you don't get to watch it on, you know, YouTube or wherever. And, you know, particularly the year Sam won, like it was a really exciting year, you know, and, you know, you start getting your favorites and, and you hold on to those over the years. So, yeah. I don't know. Just, I think it's just a different vibe for those of us who've been around for a decade, you know. And to Sam's point, I'm kind of sad now to think that a lot of those names are not going to be around in the next five years. So I'm going to cry tonight. So thanks for that, Sam. It's good. Sorry. It, it's, <laughs> but like I said, we have to adapt and evolve. Like the spot is growing like so much and like things, I think this is going to be kind of the, the big turning point. Like so much is changing in the sport and like its management side and like uh, everything 
like up there, but then also on a on an athlete level, just kind of the younger generation that started training for CrossFit as kids, as their sport is CrossFit, instead of all the athletes doing other sports and then coming into CrossFit already broken. It's like mm-hmm. these kids, these kids have like learned how to move properly from day one. So like the the sport is gonna be uh, it's, I think it's going to look very different, but it's kind of also exciting to see kind of where it came from in its rough early day stages to kind of like the new uh, fully professional sport. Well, and at the rate all these guys are having babies, we're probably going to see all of their names on the leaderboard <laughs> again someday. And hopefully yeah. a little brazier, maybe a little brazier on the leaderboard, Nikki. It's going to be a much better athlete than I ever was, that's for sure. <laughs> hey. Unless he gets Matt's legs and has to do step downs on the box, then he's screwed. I know. <laughs> well, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, this has been fun. Great seeing you guys. Nikki, we didn't even talk about your new car. We're going to talk about that on the next show. <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. Totally forgot, to, totally forgot to get to your new car. I have so many questions. But. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, ladies. It's been fun. For everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us tonight. And we will chat with you all soon.